I pray that this is gonna, what we're gonna talk about is that the top of your list for your asks, especially from the Lord, it is, I was reading what the top gifts are that people are giving for Christmas 2023, and it's, and it's an array of things. There's everything from light bulb cameras for your front door, um, miracle uh, bed sheets that has temperature regulating thermostats on them, Drones are still big. A heated vest, when you go out in the cold weather, you put on a coat and it even has a heating system in it. For all the golfers, there's this brand new advanced golf tee that will add 20% to your drives. Um, a handheld device that'll put you to sleep in 30 minutes. I have no idea what that is. Um, core stimulator, if you put this, this contraption on your stomach, you lose weight. You can eat whatever you want, and then you just put that. How many want that for Christmas? I just, I'm with you on that. Um, there's a charge card. It, it's the, it's thin as a charge card, which is a cell phone charger. It's that thin. Um, there is, there is a pest defense. You plug it in your wall and roaches don't come back anymore. Okay, all, listen, all you high-class people, us from New York, we need this one. We need, this is, this one's important to us. And finally, there is a device that literally looks like a phone that if you hold it up, it will interpret you in 43 different languages. So you never have to go back to that Spanish and French class ever again. You just got to get this device. As, as amazing as all those are, that's not what I want. That's not, and please um, I pray that's not what you want because there is a gift that we all need. In fact, I'm going to call it a password because it's a password that opens up doors for the miraculous. It's something that I believe and I've discovered in scriptures that even this week that it was so obvious to me that I'm going, God, I want this in my life and I, I couldn't dismiss it. Passwords are huge today. All of our valuables are locked behind passwords in the cyber world. Just when you think you found one that you can remember, they tell you you have to update it because there is a breach. So now you have to have a number, a capital letter, a symbol, and 10 characters long. And by the time you get it, you have 50 different passwords. You don't even know which one it is. There is a password I, I discovered this week in the scriptures that unlocks something valuable for me. And it's something that I've been trying to put into practice just this week. And behind those locked doors, I think the lock comes off and it opens up the doors for the miracles that those hands were lifted up today that represent that. It's a password you won't forget because I don't think it will be different. Um, it will not change because of breaches, but it'll become part of your, of your core. George Herbert is an amazing 16th century Christian poet. I'm not much for poetry, but I read, I read George Herbert. His, his book called The Temple is just so powerful. It, it's, a, it's poetry that reads like a sermon. But he wrote these words, and it really is a prayer that he wrote, that, folks, this is going to lead me towards this password, and it's my prayer. And this is what he said in a society that wants more. He threw me off when he said it at first. Listen to these 16th century words from George Herbert. He said this, Thou who hast given so much to me, give me one more thing, a grateful heart. That's what I want. God, give me one more thing. I want a grateful heart. If God, it, it, it Really, it's saying this, God, you've been so good to me. You've given me so much. Give me one more thing. Give me gratitude. Give me a grateful heart. The most important thing I think that has to be at the top of our list is going to be this word gratitude. And it's a password. There's, and I started to see it in that great Psalm 100 when David says these words, enter his gates with what? And into his courts with praise. And then he says this, be thankful unto him and bless his name. That phrase, to enter his gates, is to enter his presence, to come in. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's freedom. There's, there's the possibility that God can do anything when God shows up in a place. But I have to read this 
passage. And it just, I just saw this yesterday. And, and even when I wrote down that word password, I didn't even know this existed. This is in the, the message version. Eugene Peterson paraphrased, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Listen to these words. And I, my heart leaped a little bit. He says this, enter with the what? The password is thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. I love that. Enter with the password. Come into the presence of God and you come in with this one thing. Thank you. This is so powerful. Let me explain as I saw this unfolding to me, this password in the New Testament. One of the things that I'm so grateful for my wife for, Cindy, has made part of the DNA of our family fabric is this, it's thank you cards. It is in our family. You, you cannot get a gift, a check, anything without my wife going, did you send a thank you card? Did you tell them thank you? Did you do this? I've, I remember the last thing I received as a gift from somebody, it was from the elders. They, they, they blessed me for something. I forgot what it was for. Um, and immediately, my wife has a card sitting on my dresser saying, write that card and bring it to church. I mean, we, we try to do that for our children. Um, this Christmas, they're going to be receiving possibly checks from family members. And then we tell them that's two thank you cards you got to write. You got to write a thank you card to them. And then you tithe to God, which is another thank you to Jesus because he has blessed you and he has given that. That's what tithing is. It's a thank you to say, God, thank you for always providing. But it's not just teaching my kids simply to be good citizens or good people but I really want them to experience the miraculous. Get this down. Ingratitude denotes spiritual immaturity. The, when, those that are not grateful are immature. Infants, children do not always appreciate what parents do for them. The younger that they are, the more immature. Children have short memories. Their concern is not what you did for me yesterday, but what are you doing for me right now? And the past is meaningless and so is the future. The, the infants live for the present. Those who are mature are appreciative of past, present, and future. Or as Henry Ward Beecher said, a proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. And I think just as committed as Cindy and I would want to be for our own family about thank yous and gratitudes, I think, you got, I think God is just as committed to us because he sees the power of gratitude. He sees the power that can open this up. That's why I want it at the top of my list. That's why I think God gives us opportunities to take the two simplest words to say thank you. Let me challenge you this way. God gave you a gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have you used just a few of those to say thank you, Jesus? Just as, you know, let me help you and save you the conviction. Go ahead, lift those hands up. Would you just say, thank you, Jesus, today? Come on, thank him for something today. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I'm breathing. Thank you that I made it to church today. Thank you, Lord God. I'm not in a hospital, and I'm not in a funeral home, and I'm not in a cemetery. I am alive and breathing, and I thank you, God, for that today. Hallelujah. There was this thing that we used to visit if you had to do anything for school that some of you don't know about anymore. It's called a library. And those were where you used to check out books before you used to go online. I mean, you have, you, now you go online, you can get everything that you need there. And so I remember even for growing up as well as for our own children that you always had to make sure they don't become overdue. I just found out just a few years ago there was a man named George, no need for his last name, that now has, um, is, is now went to, went to trial and went to court for stolen property. He checked out 500 books, never returned them. At, he was studying at NYU and owes $31,000 in late fees. And so he is being charged with possession of stolen property because he has, he has 500 overdue books. George, 500 overdue books. But folks, as I read that story, I think I have 500, 500 million 
overdo thank yous to God of what he has done for me. Just to think about all that God has done. And I have so many times, I have, I have forgotten to say thank you. Because people who are not grateful feel entitled. As if they deserve it. And if you feel entitled today, let me help you. What do you have, the Bible says, that God hasn't given to you? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Whatever you possess, God gave it to you. And your job is to say, thank you, God, for what you've given to me. When you lose thank you from your vocabulary, I believe you are missing out on miracles. Because I think gratitude was that password I saw in the New Testament. It seemed it was the very thing that opened up something that I'm going to show you in a few moments. Because in crisis, we will always ask for help, we'll ask for assistance, we'll ask for comfort. But what I saw in three distinct New Testament places, it was so clear that, Christ, that, that in crisis... It didn't start with an ask. It started with a thank you. It was, so, it, it, it was so out of the norm because whenever we're going through something, I need help, I need finances, I need a miracle. But when, in these three crisis moments, it didn't start with what I need. It started with gratitude. Three New Testament miracles use the password of gratitude. Let me tell you the miracles and then I'll just, just show you them just for a few moments. It was the miracle of salvation that you'll see it started in one incident with gratitude. The miracle of provision and the miracle of resurrection. Do you know, this is what I realized. For two of Jesus' greatest miracles, he started each prayer not asking for a miracle, but by just simply saying, thank you, Father. That's how he started. It was like... To enter, in order to get into the gates, he had to enter in with thanksgiving, not enter in with request, not enter in with need. He entered in asking the Father with thanksgiving. The very thing the Holy Spirit asks us to do in Psalm 100, Jesus does that. That the miracles came on the heels of thank you. That before Jesus said, I need, Jesus said, thank you. You know what was interesting to me? Do you know that other than Jesus and one healed leper in the Bible, I couldn't find one person in all four Gospels who was healed, delivered, resurrected, or saved that says thanks to God? Not one. Other than a leper and Jesus. Those are the only two people that said thank, thank you, Father, or thank God, or thank you, Jesus. There's miracles all over the New Testament, and nobody ever turns back. Nobody ever says anything except one person. Here is this leper. With this one leper is the one that begins to lead away. And he's not even a religious man. Listen to the story in Luke 17. It says, as he entered a village, Jesus, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them... He said to them, go show yourself to the priest. Now watch this. As they were going, they were cleansed. They were healed. A miracle. Now one of them, of one of the nine, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. Watch this now. Fell on his face at Jesus' feet. What does he do? Giving thanks to him and then the, the Holy Spirit says, let me throw in there. He wasn't even religious. He was a Samaritan. Incredible. That whatever, what, what, whatever the other people were thinking, were they assuming that they were entitled or did they forget? I hope that it was just they forgot. But what, what a, 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 when I looked at this, this detriment to their lives, this missing out, of what could have happened to them. That if these numbers are true, that could it actually be that 90% of us who have, who have seen the blessing of God have forgotten to say thank you to him? Could it actually be that Jesus was giving us something? See, we always request in prayer and rarely say thank you in prayer. 
We always want something. And, I, and I'm telling you, on Sundays after I'm finished preaching, I always, I felt so strongly that when I'm walking off or going to my seat, I feel so strongly that, that I've got to thank the Holy Spirit for helping me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being there for me. And there have been times that I've sat there in that second service and realizing I didn't say thank you to the Holy Spirit. And it's not like this, this legalistic thing. It's just I don't want to be like the 90%. I want to say thank you to God every single day, every single time. I just want to be able to say thank you. Because gratitude is connected to these three miracles. And salvation in Luke 17, resurrection in John 11, provision in Matthew 15. Listen to it again on the, in Luke 17. Now one of them, of the lepers, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and fell on his face, giving thanks to him. Now folks, this is what's incredible. This is what I started to realize. They all were healed, but for the one thank you leper, let's call him the thank you leper, another miracle was waiting on the other side of gratitude. He could have walked away cleansed of leprosy. God worked a miracle. I'm not sick anymore. And what's incredible is that because he said thank you, he got more than he could ever imagine. Listen to it. Luke 17, 17. So where are the other nine? Jesus asked. Weren't there 10 who were healed? And they all refused to return to give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Here it is now, church. Then Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, saying, thank you. Arise and go. You didn't just get healing now. I'm going to give you something else because you came back. You get healed. Here it comes, church. You get cleaned up for today, and you're going to get salvation for eternity. He said, when you turn back around, you got something that 90% never even experienced. Yet yeah, their body is clean, but now your soul is clean because you said thank you. Hallelujah. Just to say thank, if he would have just walked on going, I'm clean. Folks, that was a miracle to hear leprosy, that, 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 that awful disease that would waste away body and limb. And you would just go, man, I'm clean. But all of a sudden, just to turn around and say thank you, that man got more than he can bargain for. Because when you do that, I'm telling you, God is able to give above and beyond what you can ask or imagine. I, I got one, I think one of those 10% letters today. I'm so grateful what we see take place every single Sunday. People coming to Christ. And once in a while I'll get a thank you letter that just says, let me tell you what happened to me. I don't know the time frame and I'm going to leave the person's name out of this. They gave us permission and said, you can use my name, but I'm going to choose to leave it out. I want to read to you a letter that came to my office this week. I think this is the, that, that leper, that Samaritan that felt the cleansing and wanted to show what happens when you, when you, when you continue to say thank you to God. He said, good afternoon, my name is, and he put it in there. I want to share with you that I am here because God cares. He said, as a child, I had a lot of emotional issues. I was depressed. My mom and dad were separated. I was overweight, and I was bullied and teased a lot. All these issues took a toll on me, and I almost committed suicide. While I was in middle school, I met a woman named Yvonne. Yvonne was a Christian, and she was, a, she was the school secretary. She, she somehow loved me and my friends so much that she started asking us to go to church with her. She said, And I started learning about God, but I started to see the hypocrisy in church, and it turned me off. And he walked away from God. And, or even the, the hypocrisy turned him off and he walked away from any type of relationship with God. So this is what he said. I continued to be depressed and out of my depression I started getting into alcohol, watching pornography and going to strip clubs. My addiction to strip clubs became so bad I began working security in one of those clubs that I attended. Now listen to what he said. 
He said, one night I got into an altercation with two men who wanted to harm me. The club was closing and I saw the two men waiting for me through a window. And I prayed in my heart, even though I was away from God, I prayed in my heart, God, if I die tonight, I will not blame you. As I walked out of the club, he said it was a miracle. I passed the two men as if they didn't see me and went straight to a cab. It was like I was invisible. You would have thought I've surrendered my life to Christ. He said, but I didn't. I started still living. Never turned around and said, thank you. He said, a couple of months after that, I was starting to create my own business using the strippers from that club. And then he said, and I have to love this woman, Yvonne, who just, who just was relentless. He said, when Yvonne had called me thinking she'd be impressed with my new business, she goes, do you want to go to hell and die? And he said, I thought to myself, hell, what does that mean? And then he says this, that weekend, Yvonne invited me to a different church, Times Square Church. <laughs> and he said, and while, now, now I've just got to tell you, he said, while the pastor was preaching about the love of God, he came on the L week when we were doing L, the love of God, from biblical worldview. Now this is what he wrote, I, I just have to read to you what he read, and so he said, he said this, this pastor was funny, and all of a sudden this thought came to me, if he's funny, then, then God must have a sense of humor, and that God must be relational. I don't know how he came up with that, but that's what he said, I'm just reading the letter. At the end of the service, when the pastor gave the altar call, I surrendered my life to Christ. And as a result, God healed me from all depression, gave me a beautiful wife. I have a job as head of security at three different churches. I serve alongside men that, that have overcome the very same issues I struggled with. God has put me with the right people. And all this was made possible by giving my life to Christ and receiving a brand new beginning in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, you know what that is, folks? Gratefulness is as if you turned around. Gratefulness will take you from where you are and bring you to where you need to be. It gets you more than you can ever imagine. I, I was reading the story of one of the great orphanages uh, back in the 19th century. His name was George Mueller. His books and this man's life of faith has so impacted me. That, that, that I would encourage anybody to read the story or the life of George Mueller. It said in Bristol, England at one time, he had a thousand orphans, a thousand of them that he took from the streets. And he said one morning there was no food to eat and he had them all thousand of them gathered into a building. And he said as they sat down, they prayed. And this is what was amazing. They didn't ask for food. They didn't pray for, or pray for, for anything to eat. He said, we sat down, a thousand of these orphans, and thanked God that he is our provider. That's what he did. Can you, listen, when you hear a thousand rumbling bellies, you're thinking, is thank you gonna work? He said, as we're praying, we get a knock on the door, and it's a baker. He said, Mr. Mueller, God led me last night to bake bread for a thousand of your orphans that night. Folks, so they're receiving the bread from the back door and get ready, get ready. As they thank God, when you thank God, it's the password. He said, then a knock comes from the front door. And he said, at the front door, before we can get all the bread in the house, a milkman knocked. And he said, our milk truck broke down and we don't want the milk to spoil. So here's all the milk that you can have for breakfast. God is amazing. God is so good. And it all started by thank you. It all started with not asking for bread and milk. It started with, thank you, God, you're my provider. Not, not one prayer in there about bread and milk. And God goes, just thank me. Watch what I can do. It's the password. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Listen to this. Jesus' two recorded miracle prayers started with thank you, Father. Listen to it. Matthew 15, the fishes and the loaves. He took seven loaves and the fish. And what does it say? And giving thanks he broke them and started giving them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. You know what blew me away? There's not a fish and a loaf pray, prayer in that whole thing. He just goes, I thank you, Father. 
I thank you. It was like George Mueller. It was, here's Jesus praying this, that before multiplying the fishes and the loaves came gratitude, that thankfulness, gratitude multiplied what he has and comes fishes and loaves to feed 5,000 people. And how about this prayer? That gratefulness, gratitude, thankfulness can raise the dead. Listen to this. Brings things to life. Lazarus is in a tomb for four days. He, the Bible says, stinks. In fact, if you have a King James, it's every, every young man's favorite verse when you're growing up in the church. He stinketh is what the Bible says. And so here is what it says. So Jesus goes to the tomb and they remove the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, raise up Latin. No, 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 no. Father, I, what? Thank you. The password. The password. Get into his gates with thanksgiving. Don't start with going give me. Start with thank you that you have heard me. Once again, before the dead raises Jesus says, thank you. And then I started to realize so many times we ask and then we say, thank you. We ask, we request, and then say, thank you. Maybe, maybe we're supposed to say, thank you first and then ask. And I, I think I'm realizing, I've been asked, I've been doing this all wrong. I've been going, give me, give me, give me. And God goes, how about thank you and watch what I can do when you enter into my courts with thanksgiving. <laughs> Folks, I have become, this is, what I, this is where I think I've messed up. I become so stingy with my thank yous because I thought I withhold thank you until you give me what I want. And God goes, that's not the way it works. What you do is you say thank you because of all the things that I have already done for you and allow me then to step in and do it. Here's the challenge to you. Here's the challenge. How about this? Before I ask for anything, I will say thank you for everything. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you for giving me a place to live. Thank you that you've given me food. Thank you, God, that I had legs to walk to church. Thank you, God, I can read a screen or I can go ahead and read my Bible. Thank you, God, that I can talk. Thank you, God, that I am able to come to, 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 to I got a job. Thank you that I have provision. Thank you that you have given me a family. Thank you, God, that you have protected me. Thank you that you have got me from one place to another. Thank you. God has done a thousand things for us. Church, I've held it. I've got it wrong. I keep asking instead of thanking him and waiting, saying, I'll, I'll thank you when you give it to me. And God goes, you got this all messed up because what you're doing is you're just making requests but here's what the Bible says. Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Ooh, these two words. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. He says, you don't open up your mouth and say, I want. You open up your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus. Those two words, with thanksgiving. That's why this old hymn makes sense to me. When we sang growing up in our church on Long Island, I remember singing this old hymn. It says, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. <laughs> Folks, I did that. I did that this morning. I took that old hymn and I said, with thanksgiving, on Sunday mornings when I wake up, I begin to come to church. I mean, before I come to church, I pray for you. I pray for an anointing. I pray for protection. I pray that God would pour out his spirit. I pray that God would say, and God goes, how about you start today? 
put at the top of your list, God, give me one more thing. Give me a heart of gratitude. And folks, I said, okay, God, for the next 30 minutes, all I'm going to do is say thank you, thank you, thank you. I went through this place. I thank God for every musician. I thank God for the choir names that I can remember. I thank God for Pastor Carter. I thank God for all of the singers. I thank God for all of our elders, for our staff. I was thanking God for you. I was thanking God that we have a building to meet in. I was thanking God that we can meet here in New York City on 51st and Broadway. I was thanking God for my wife, my children. I was thanking God for provision. I was thanking God that I was able to pray and even be warm in a place and be out of the rain. I was thanking God that I had eyes to see my Bible and even had the, 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 the frame of mind that I could say thank you, God. Folks, I'm telling you, 30 minutes turned into 45 minutes. 45, it just came like an avalanche. And I started to realize what I'm doing is I'm counting my many blessings. I was naming them one by one. I was counting my blessings, realizing what God has done. And as the writer said in that first verse, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. God has been so good to us. God has been so good to me. God has been so generous to us. To thank him over and over again has been overwhelming to me. But, there's, but I, I want to learn to thank God like this. There is a set of commentaries that I have that was popular for many, many years by a, man named, by a man named Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry commentaries. And Matthew Henry was talking about, I was reading his diary that he wrote in there. Matthew Henry was once attacked by thieves and they called it his wallet, his purse. They attacked him, robbed him of his purse. It would be like walking down 8th Avenue to Times Square Church and you get robbed, stolen. And then this is what he writes in his, talk about another level of gratitude. I, I want you to see what he wrote in his, in his diary. He said, one, he goes, let me be thankful first that I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. He says, third, although they took all I had, it wasn't very much. <laughs> and he said, fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who was doing the robbing. <laughs> Folks, that's another level of gratitude. That's what he was doing is what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. He says in everything, not for, but in everything. You can give thanks. You could be in turmoil. You could be in loneliness, but you can find gratitude. Corey Ten Boone, who I've quoted so much, who is the great evangelist that came out of the concentration camps during the, during the World War II of the Nazi concentration camps. Her, Corey, and her sister Betsy, who was such a strong believer, was there for Corey while they were there. And it was Betsy that was brought to the gas chambers where it was Corey that was released miraculously, which is another story at some other time. But she said, she was telling the story about being thankful that in everything give thanks. Corey said that while they were in Ravensbrook, one of the concentration camps, her entire body became infested with lice. In fact, it was the whole barracks, all of the ladies at Ravensbrook. And she was complaining about it one day. And as Betsy, her sister, was reminding her of this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, she says, Corey, the Bible says, in everything give thanks. And challenge Corey to give thanks for the lice. Thanks for the lice. Corey's response was, what? How can you give God thanks for lice? And she made a choice. I don't know what the prayer looked like, but she offered up a thank you to God for lice. Thank you. And they found out while all the other barracks were being sent to the gas chambers, theirs weren't because none of the guards wanted to go in there because of the lice. It was a miracle. We have no idea what God does. Enter his gates with what? That's the password. It's thanksgiving. It's gratitude. When there needs to be fishes and loaves and provision, Jesus starts with thanking the Father. When, a, when dead things needed to come to life, I want to thank you, Father, that you hear me. When a leper receives cleansing, all of a sudden 
He turns around and says, thank you, Jesus, falling on his, and Jesus says, you don't just get cleansing, you get salvation. You don't just get cleansed for here, you're gonna be cleansed for eternity. It's what God does. I have to finish here with one of the most amazing chapters. It has to be, in my mind, the most triumphant chapter in all of the New Testament. It's Romans chapter eight. It's, its note is triumph when you read Romans chapter eight. When I read it, when, whenever I find myself down, go to Romans chapter eight. There's something powerful about it. It's full of hope and victory. Let, let me read some of it. So some of you will, will become familiar with these passages and forget that it was all there packed in one chapter. Somehow Paul became overwhelmed through the Holy Spirit and here comes triumph. Listen to it. Romans 8, 28. You know this. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And just when you start to digest that, Paul comes back with verse 31. What shall we say to things, these, these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And just when you're trying to digest that comes the great rhetorical question. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress, persecution, famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And you start to read these and then just when you feel like the crescendo has come, then these last two verses, listen to this. But in all these things, one version says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, no created being will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's triumph. Triumph. Listen now. But when you read this chapter of triumph, in Romans 8, there is something that is glaring at triumph. And here it is. It's Romans 7, which is an awful chapter. It is Paul at his worst. Folks, when I read Romans 7, it's depressing. Paul is exhausted. He's exhausted with himself. He's exhausted with sin. He's exhausted with living the life of the flesh. And he, he just, he, he, everywhere he tries to find victory, it's not even there for him. And all of a sudden, when he gets to the end, towards the end, here is the crescendo in his climax of disgust. He says in verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will set me free? from this body of death. The new, the new Living Translation even says it, says it even more horrible. It says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin and death? And I kept, I kept reading that. And then I was reminded, there is a bridge. If the password is thank you, if the password is gratitude, if the only way to get to victory, healing, deliverance, to see God do something is gratitude, the death, dead things come to life, lack has provision. Cleansing of our body gets cleansing of the soul. And if the password is thank you, folks, here is, how do you get from miserable man to more than a conqueror? How do you, how do you step over into chapter 7? Because some of you are here going, I'm miserable. I'm defeated. How do you step over into more than a conqueror? God, you ready for this? I'm going to read to you the last verse of chapter 7 that leads me to eight. Here it is. 
after he says, oh, wretched man, I'm so miserable, but all of a sudden, I think Paul goes, wait! Verse 25. What's the first word? <laughs> What's the first word? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after you read that in verse 25, the Holy Spirit says, Therefore, there is no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he lays triumph and triumph, and he lays victory upon victory and says, If you just cross over in gratitude, I'll give you more than you can handle because he'll take you from misery to victory. From misery to victory. He'll take you from misery to victory and set you free. Just you have to start with this. God, thank you that you still work miracles today. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord. How about we start that way for Christmas? Instead of saying, give me, how about we start with this? Thank you, Father, for sending your son. Thank you, Father. Thank you for sending your son for me. What a miracle that God is able to do that. And that's why I'm here to tell you. The challenge is this. How how does the Romans 7, because some of you are sitting here miserable. Life's not even working for you. I watched precious, precious broken people this morning at this altar. I was so blessed to watch a, a co-worker invite her friend from work, showed up here, cried like a baby as God was taking her from misery to victory. And we we're watching that happen this morning. Because what we think we're supposed to do is this. God, I want to be unmiserable. I want to be happy. God, I want that. No, 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 no. How about, how about we start here? How about we start with gratitude? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. How about we start with gratitude for just a moment? It starts with this. Thank you, God, that you love me. How about this? Thank you, God, that you sent your son for me. Thank you, God, that I'm hearing this today, that there's hope. Thank you, God, that I have hope today. Thank you, God, that you can change me right now. Thank you, God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, God, that you still work miracles. And God, I thank you that you can work a miracle in my life today. Hallelujah. That's where we start. We start with the password. We start with the doors that open, it up, open everything up for miracles today. I, I watched it take place in my own life as I just sat there and it just came off. I just, I was thanking God for my wife, my children, this church. I was thanking God for all the ones I can remember that were going to be singing today and those that I couldn't remember. I was thanking God for all of you. I was going down the line. I was going, God, thank you for JD. Thank you for Yuha. Thank you for JR. Thank you for David. Thank you for Barry D. Thank you, Lord God, for Yuka. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you're going to do up here. Thank you. Thank you for these precious people. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, I'm so thankful. So thankful. When I just go down, I'm going, God, these are miracles. David and Mark and Barry and Yuka. When you go down the line and just thank God for all of them. Thank God for some. And I just go and go. I couldn't stop. So instead of saying, God, make me unmiserable. How about this? Thank you that you still work miracles today. Thank you that you still work miracles today. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? Those that are watching from the UK, Saudi Arabia, the Philippines, those that are watching from Bulgaria, those that hear my voice right now in Russia, those that are listening to me in Venezuela, those that are listening from California, Florida, Texas, those that are paying attention right now in Michigan and even in Canada. God wants you to step into a brand new life from misery to victory. 
Some of you are so disgusted with broken promises, so disgusted with yourself, so disgusted with, I can't get this right. God, I need a miracle. And, and the money you make, the notoriety, the degree that you hold, nothing is changing what is happening inside. But I'm telling you, this is a day to step into victory today. This is a day for miracles. You're not here on accident. You're not watching this. Your friend sent this to you not on accident. You may be watching this on Tuesday from an airport and you're watching it just because they, you know they're going to ask you the next day. Did you see it? Did you see it? And had no idea that it was going to be your password into what God wants to do. And it starts with thank you. With thank you. And if you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment and just saying, Pastor Tim, Man, I'm a Roman 7 woman. I'm a Roman 7 college student. I'm a Roman 7 Wall Street trader. I'm a Roman 7 policeman. I'm a Roman 7 tourist today. Here on Christmas, we saved up our money. We came in from overseas. I'm Roman 7. I don't know how to get to that joy place, to that victory place. And I'm telling you, it starts with gratitude. Thank you, God, that you're giving me a second chance. And for some of you, it's your 200th chance. That young man that wrote me that letter, I'm so grateful that he put in that moment that he said, I, sh I should have turned to God, but I didn't. But thank God someone brought him here. And this could be your moment. This could be your moment. And if you're here with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, those that are watching online, and say, Pastor Tim, I need, I need God in my life. I need a change. I need a change. I need him to come in and change me from the inside out. Jesus calls that being born again. I love that phrase, born again, because that means you get a second chance. And here's the good news today. There's no quota that God only takes a certain number of people and there's no severity of sin that you've committed that God won't forgive. He loves you and he forgives. He said, if you come, I will take you. And if you ask for forgiveness over whatever it is, God, I've taken your name in vain, but I thank you. I thank you that you love me despite what I've done. I thank you that there's another chance. And today this could happen. This could happen for you. Don't leave this place. Don't just walk away going, I had a good feeling. Turn around. While people are running out of you going like, oh, we got to make our, we got we to hit our reservations at juniors. Okay, listen to me. It's not that good. Let me just help you right now, okay? It's not worth it. Cheesecake is okay, but it's not that good. All these ushers are telling me going, no, 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 no. Forget juniors. Do this. No offense to juniors. But listen, you don't have to run there. Don't worry about it. This is better than juniors. And God is asking for something. Pastor Tim, I want God in my life. I want him to change me. I want to walk over from that miserable man or woman of Romans 7. I want to go to Romans 8. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and say, I need God in my life to change me. I want that change today. Without any hesitation, balcony, main floor, and line. If that's you, hold up your hand. Say, I need him in my life. I need that change. Hold it up high. Keep them up high. Say, I need God in my life right now. I need God in my life right now. Hold it up high. Boy, all of this section right This is amazing. Amazing. All those in the balcony down here. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is incredible. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. With no hesitation, I want you to get out of your seat and meet me up here. Quickly, get out of your seat and get up here as fast as you can. Balcony will wait for you. We'll wait for you. Just tell somebody, just say, hey, listen, I got to get up there. Get out of your seat and get up here. As we sing this song, you come, because I want to pray for you. Come on, let's sing this. Hallelujah. For you, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm
those that this those that are standing with me up here would you just look at me for a second i thank god for you i thank god for you i thank god that probably inside maybe you wanted to walk out going like let me hear let me hear it and god all of a sudden just goes no no no, no. let's let's get this right let's get this part right don't don't just leave with it's like you were the 10 percent because you could have left going like it was a good feeling i was good it was good and you're going no 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 i god's gonna give me more he's about to give you more today he says you're not just gonna go I felt good. I went to church. Some of you, maybe you're just going like, hey, this is the first time I was in church for a while. And you're just going like, I felt good. And God goes, no, 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 don't go. And like that, like that, like that Samaritan, you turn back around and God goes, now, I'm not just going to give you a good feeling because you were in church. I'm going to change you from the inside out is what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. That's what he's come to do. These people behind you love you and are so thankful that you're here. And we're all going to pray this together. Can we just, can we just say this prayer? Let's pray this out loud. Come on, say these words with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Now, come on, say this with me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. The Bible is my guide. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, say thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.